This is Dialogue Gospel Sunday Study. Hello, and welcome to Dialogue Sunday Gospel Study. Today is February 26, 2023, and we have Alice Faulkner Birch with us today uh, for our lesson. I look forward to this. For purposes of tracking with the Sunday School Come Follow Me program, this is the fourth session of the year of 2023, and the scriptures that were uh, outlined for reading for this week and next week are Matthew 6 through 8, Mark 2 through 4, and Luke 6 through 7. Um, I would never want to dictate where our teacher goes with those verses and chapters, but I think of them as the miracle stories, the healings mostly. Uh, I am Chris Kimball. I'm conducting today on behalf of the Dialogue Foundation Board. Rebecca Deschweinitz is with us today, and Linda Kimball, Linda Hoffman Kimball of the board, also with us. Linda will be offering the opening prayer. Michael Austin is handling the technology in the background. We're using our webinar format on Zoom, and we're running live stream on Facebook right now and recording the program for your information. Uh, about dialogue, in the first issue of the journal, founder Eugene England wrote, My faith encourages my curiosity and awe. It thrusts me out into relationship with all creation and encourages me to enter into dialogue. To fulfill Gene's vision in the 21st century, we have made the current journal, 55 years of archived issues, and all of our new digital offerings, including this gospel study series, podcasts, and other features entirely free for online users. This has meant moving away from the subscription model. And uh, now we are seeking to build a sustaining dialogue fund in order to carry the journal and all the associated offerings into the future. We ask for your help, as we do every time we're on this program, to help in creating this fund. You can find out more about sustaining dialogue at givetodialogue.com. Today, I'm pleased to introduce for this program, Alice Faulkner Birch. Uh, Alice was born in Oxnard, California to Cleo and Elwanda Faulkner. And she received an associate's degree from Oxnard College. Uh, Alice has a, has, a, has a long history, but I'm going to focus on um, her retirement years. It's so-called retirement, it won't sound like that. Alice has volunteered for five years at the Utah State Prison in the Family History Center. She is the last Relief Society president of the LDS Genesis Group. She's been the secretary of the Utah chapter of Afro-American Historical and Genealogical Society for seven years. She serves on the Utah Juneteenth Organizing Committee, is a founding member of the Utah Black Roundtable, where she has served as secretary for four years and serves as director of special events on the executive committee of Sima Haditha African American Heritage and Culture Foundation, which is dedicated to researching, preserving, and teaching Utah's Black American history. In 2016, Alice was a featured speaker at the Mormon Women Historians Initiative Teams Conference. And in 2020, the featured speaker of the Utah Women's Democratic Club Luncheon. As I have learned recently, she is the... Um, uh, general editor, there we go, the general editor of the 2022 Deseret book published, My Lord, He Calls Me, Stories of Faith by Black American Latter-day Saints. 
a book which is causing lots of attention to Alice and invitations to speak. And uh, we're lucky to have her, frankly, with have her here with us today, given the number of invitations and opportunities she's having um, right now, this month in particular, to speak and present in various fora. In her personal time, Alice enjoys writing, cross-stitching, and doing the dyeing art of whole cloth quilting, a skill she learned on her own to honor her maternal grandmother, Nancy McVoy-Dale. In 2012, Alice married the great love of her life, Robert Samuel Birch Jr., and we are blessed to have Robert with us today also. Um, Robert will be part of this program and offering the closing prayer. Together, Alice and Robert work to make Utah a better and enjoyable place for Black American people. I want to be clear, as we do every week, that as with every speaker and participant, we invited Alice and Robert for their personal insights, for their voice. They do not speak for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or for the Dialogue Foundation. We are pleased and excited to have them with us today, uh, but we don't want to um, overstate their um, responsibility in speaking for anybody else but themselves. As we will begin today um, with music, Guide Me, O Thou Great Jehovah, as sung by Lore, the, a beautiful song. Uh, in order to keep this program under control, we're going to hear the first three minutes. And, uh, and then an opening prayer by Linda Hoffman Kimball, a member of the Dialogue Foundation board. Um, We'll proceed from there immediately into the lesson. Alice, you jump right in after the prayer. And, uh, and in closing, we will have a closing song, Rock of Ages, as sung by Al Green, and a closing prayer by uh, Robert Birch. A great, loving, powerful, compassionate God, we thank thee for this day. We thank thee for the break in our regular schedule that we can focus on thee and thy love for us and for all of your children here on earth. We ask for thy blessing to be with our speaker today, that she may have confidence and um, clarity in what she shares and teaches to us today. We are so grateful for the loving compassion of thy son, Jesus Christ, and we pray that we will increase in our devotion and understanding and uh, gracious comfort in relationship to him. And we say these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for the opportunity <clears throat> to, um, to come today and to, to share. Um, I read through these scriptures multiple times, and there wasn't really anything that struck me to share. And I kept going back to uh, a question or a personal wondering of, of mine. Um, and I thought, I'm, I'm just going to share that. So the first part, uh, this is in two parts. And the first part I've titled Trespasses and Sins. Um, Michael, will you go ahead and put that first slide on the screen? Thank you. So these are the scriptures that we'll be reading so that you can follow along. Um, so in Matthew 6, 
verses 8 through 15, it is um, the, the prayer uh, where uh, when Jesus, on, Jesus is teaching, and it is called the Sermon on the Mount, that situation. I'm sorry if I stumble through my words. I'm, I am really exhausted today. Um, so we'll start with verse 8. Be not ye therefore likened to them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And um, so this scripture talks about um, forgiving our debts as we forgive our debtors. Um, In the footnote of verse 12, it says debts, offenses, faults, or sins. Um, In Matthew 22, verses 36 through 34, the encounter with one among whom he was teaching, um, Jesus was asked, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And we're going to do one more scripture before um, before I attempt to explain what, what it is I'm doing. <laughs> Um, John thirteen thirty four, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So my my study for the last few years has been in the Old Testament, and I've been studying about the the laws that were given, and one of the things that that I kept seeing is, well, commandment is law. It is the law, they're the laws of God, the commandments are. But one of the things that I recently saw in my, I don't know, umpteenth time of, of studying the Old Testament in the last few years was, and this didn't pop up to me before, and to you, it's probably a new thing. For me, it's it's something different. And I think it has to do with a lot of things that are happening in my life and in the world right now. Um, I noticed that in the offerings, how they are prescribed for us to make offerings, there is one set offering for trespasses and another set offering for sins. And as I noticed that, I, I kept going back and, and reading those and, and going forward into the, new, into the New Testament 
where Jesus talks about um, the, the two great commandments, that we are to love God and we are to love our fellow men. The original commandment is that we are to love one another as we love ourselves. And then later, he says in John 1334, um, what I just read, he said, a new commandment I give unto you. I personally think that Jesus had to give a new commandment while he was on his mission because he discovered that we as people do a lousy job loving one another as we love ourselves, caring about one another as we care about ourselves. And so he decided that he, as the example to love, that he would then use that and change the law, do away with the old law, and give a new law, commandment, which is to love one another as he has loved us. And we sing that in the church in a popular song. And so my thoughts are that we trespass against one another and we sin against God. In the church, we talk a lot about sinning. Oh, he's smoking. He's in sin. He's drinking. He's in sin. Um, he is, you know, she is this. She is that. Um, they're sinning. And one of the things that kept coming to me as I kept going back and reading about the trespass offering and the sin offering in the Old Testament, and then reading the reading the um, these scriptures in Matthew and John in the New Testament, was that only God defines sin, and we can only sin before God. Sinning before God is the breakage of of direct um, laws that we have associated with Him what we do before him, what we fail to do, what we, um, what we go away from doing. Um, but to one another, it's a whole different relationship. And so there's a, a different set of, of laws for one another. And I see this in the Old Testament where so many of the laws explain how to, how to live together how to be kind to one another, how to work together. And so there is a trespass offering because we trespass against one another. We don't sin against one another. We trespass. That's where my thoughts have been. Um, there, are, there are many scriptures um, in the Old Testament. Um, I was originally going to, to read um, some of these. I'm just going to read. Um, I'm just going to read one in Leviticus chapter six. Uh, let's see. I put verses one through six. Let's do. Give me one second. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's do one through six. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, If the soul sin and commit a trespass against the Lord, and lie unto his neighbor in that which was delivered him to keep, or in fellowship, or in a thing taken away by violence, or hath deceived his neighbor, 
or have found that which was lost, and lieth concerning it, and sweareth falsely in any of all these that a man doeth, sinning therein, then it shall be, because he hath sinned and is guilty, that he hath that he shall restore that which he took violently away, or the thing which he hath deceitfully gotten, or that which was delivered him to keep, or the lost thing which he found, or all that about which he hath sworn falsely. He shall even restore it in the principle, and shall add the fifth part more thereto, and give it unto him to whom it, to whom it appertaineth in the day of his trespass offering. And so there they talk about the trespass offering and a few of the ways that we trespass against one another. In verses 24 and 25, still in chapter 6 of Leviticus, it says, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, This is the law of the sin offering. In the place where the burnt offering is killed, shall the sin offering be killed before the Lord. It is most holy. And so we see in Leviticus, and I put other references there, that there is a distinct difference made in the offering and how we take care of when we sin before God and when we trespass against our, our, our brothers and sisters. So my question is, are trespasses and sins different? It appears to me that they are from what I've been reading. It seems that trespasses are against one another and when not handled correctly by seeking forgiveness from the one we trespassed, it then becomes a sin. Sins are done unto God when we break his laws. From this, the Old Testament, there are also specific actions and behaviors which are sins before God. I want to share a story. Um, I'm not going to say the stories because I don't want to appear like I'm promoting this. But this is the story of Marie Benjamin Graves. Um, it's short, so I'm going to, to read the whole thing. So to give a preface to her story, Marie Benjamin Graves is a historic member of our church. Um, she is black American, and she attended the Oakland, California branch in, Cal in California. She says, I feel that it is right for me to let you know how I was treated when I visited this branch of the church in Atlanta, Georgia. I had some friends I wanted to take to church because I did not know when I would have that opportunity again. So I asked two friends to go with me to church. We found the right church, all right, but found the wrong people. It seems like I had gone into a den of evil spirits. So bad was the feelings against us because we was colored. I told one or two of the members of that branch that I was a member in Oakland, California. Two or three tried to make us welcome. I was told that the conference president would come and see me later. I suppose that it was the conference president come to us and said that he wanted to speak to us on the outside. So we went out. He told us of the line, excuse me, he told us of the line between 
the colored and the white people and antagonistic feelings among them and the church being dedicated by the white people of the South. When he finished, we said goodbye and left. We knew that meant for us to stay out of there. We knew the line was drawn in the South. We did not go up in the front. We sit in the back and finally was asked out of the church. I never had nothing to hurt me like that in all my life. My friend said, now you belong to that church and cannot go to it here. Had I known we would have been treated like that, I never would have tried to have gone to church there. I felt so much worse by my friends being with me and seeing how mean they acted. I was very glad one's husband did not get there until we had been put out, and we did not tell him what had happened. We said that we just decided to go to another church, and the other husband did not leave home. We decided not to tell our husbands. We did not need any more company feeling bad with us. I feel like I have done my duty anyway. The blame will not be on me. They don't ask no one out of the other white churches because they are colored down there. After I was treated like this, I could not leave the South fast enough. I thought the gospel was free for anyone that wanted to hear it. I did not know that it was like that down there. I have a testimony of the gospel just the same. The Lord has blessed me wonderfully, and I thank him for it. Uh, Marie lived during the years of 1858 to 1940. This particular incident that occurred, um, I don't remember. See, this happened in 1920. And it happened in uh, in the South, and it was in Atlanta, Georgia, that it happened. Um, I share that as a test, as a as an example of how, in that story, you can see Marie was trespassed against, and what I perceive to also be sins before God, in how. She was treated so differently from everyone else because God gave the commandment, the law, to love everyone, to love everyone as Jesus has loved them. The way they treated her was not how Jesus has treated them. It was not how he loved them, and they broke that law. So... Let's let's talk. Tell me what you think. Are trespasses and sins different? What have been in your studies? All right, it'll probably take a take few a minutes minute. for anybody to respond. Um, so um, I am so struck by that story as an example. Um, and I'm thinking of Marie's um, observation that she was in the right church, but it was the wrong people. Um, and, and that idea of trespass. Um, 
And I'm th- and and the scripture that you started with is um, you know in Matthew the the Lord's Prayer and um, and the kind of turning turning to the heart and Christ saying be not like unto them right don't be the wrong yeah. people um, you're you know this it can be the it can be the right church you can be um, you know, part of the covenant people, part of the covenant, like, organization, covenant. right? But but you can be the wrong people, and that's what really matters, right? So so think about what's, um, what's in your heart and why you're doing it, if it's to be heard for your much speaking or to be presenting a particular image, right? Thinking about the Jim Crow South and... Um, and the exclusions and um, the decisions to um, to have racial restrictions, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. But not, not just not just on a racial perspective, but in a perspective of of all things. Um, how do we treat those who are different from us? Those who have a disability whether it is a speech impediment, a hearing impediment, a mobility impediment, um, missing a limb, missing sight, um, uh, people who are um, are LGBTQ. Um, if they are in the way of sin, that is before God. If each of us, whoever among us, are in the way of sin, that is before God to be determined by him. That is not to be determined by us as individuals. Uh, we, we trespass against one another when we fail to keep the, the commandment to love one another as Jesus has loved us. But I think also when we fail to do so on a continual basis, because everybody has what I once heard somebody say in a Sunday school class, and I really appreciated it. We all have hiccups, you know. We um, we make a mistake. We we err, and I think erring is is really different from a continual trespass. I don't know. This has just been on my mind a lot lately that about trespassing against one another and these two these two commandments that really um, are given to guide our whole lives. And as I've been studying the Old Testament, I see how everything in the Old Testament is based on those two commandments. And as I read the New Testament, I see even there how everything, everything that Jesus teaches, even what Peter and what Paul teach, are based on those two commandments. I, if you take this from the chat... There are, and, and I'm not going to just read because we can all see the chat, but I'm sort of synthesizing the things I'm seeing here. We are intrigued by the idea of trespass versus sin and the different words and what they might mean. And some people have used them in other ways to talk about an intentional sin versus an unintentional trespass. They're, they're, other ways, but the but overarching concept we really appreciate. We, I'm talking for all of us here listening, uh, that you're bringing up is that that 
in some form a trespass, a an an uh, offense against our neighbor becomes a sin, becomes an offense against God. And in that way, I mean, we have these two commandments, but but they end up linked in the sense that what how we offend our neighbor becomes a sin against God. If continued, if not repented, I, I, that's where you're going, Alice, I think, but that's, um, we're liking that. <laughs> Take that. Well, I, I don't well, present I'm, it as something to like or, or dislike. I, I'm, it's just, I'm still in the phase of, of wondering about this and taking it all in because as many times as I, I've studied the Old Testament, this last time, well, this current time that I'm, I'm, I'm studying it through, I just now picked up that there are differences made for trespassing and sin, differences between the two. Well, and I'm struck by, um, you know, we've got this idea of there being two great commandments that are separate, loving God and loving your neighbor, and then the new commandment that Christ comes. And again, like we have, you know, the Savior come to earth as as one of us, right? And so he's embodying like this kind of bringing them together. Um, and that the new commandment is love one another as I have loved you. Um, and it's showing this deeper relationship between those two great commandments, right? Um, but I... Uh, and maybe, you know, bringing this idea of trespass and sin and helping us to see it a little more clearly, how trespass against our neighbor is like, can be or become sin against God, right? Um, this is new, so <laughs> it's hard to, like, try to wrap my oh, head around this and think through. Um, I- yeah, I understand. I'm still thinking through it all. I'm I'm still trying to grasp it all, you know? Yeah. Ignacio says we trespass when we react in a hurtful way, but we sin when we double down, even as we realize that we are wrong. Um, and Robert has a comment here. Robert, you should just speak up. Yeah, oh. Robert, we'd love to have you come in. One of the first things I ever do when I see stuff like this is, I, I, I just like I just did now, I went to online and pulled up etymology online to find out the origins of the word that we're using. And the, the word trespass is rather modern because it's a, it's a more French word in the last uh, thousand years or so. So the next thing I thought, well, OK, so if the French word is trespass, then what was it before they changed it? to trespass and this is the closest thing that i could find was to 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 what it meant in the original writing to go beyond one's right to act um and what i think about that is that sometimes we defame our brothers and sisters uh, in the way that we might have by creating a construct in the Bible where Black people suffer from the sins of uh, 
uh, Cain or that black people are the descendants of Ham. These are not based in any scriptural fact. They're a defamation. Right. Right. And so that's a, that's to me, when I look at to go beyond one's right and place to act is to say that, you know, we go beyond what God would have us to do uh, with our brothers and sisters. Jesus is telling us to treat them like you, well, the, the, the Old Testament is telling them to treat you as you love yourself. If you love yourself, you will love everybody. But clearly that wasn't working. So Jesus said, love them as I have loved you. I have been your example. I have shown you how to 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 serve others, and you should do as I do, follow my example. But even today, we still continue to trespass against one another in the things that we say and the things that we do to one another and say against uh, uh, one another. Um, there was a scripture that I uh, recently used, and it was First uh, John 4. Uh, let's see. I believe it is 18 through 20. And I use this particularly because I look at the things that's going on around us in the world, and a lot of people are operating out of fear. They're either operating out of fear that they're going to be harmed. They're either operating out of the fear that someone's going to replace me. They're either operating out of the fear that there's not going to be enough for everybody, so I want to make sure I get mine. All of these kind of fears. And in and, and, and the scripture, it says there is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear hath torment. Because fear has torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. And so we have to figure out uh, how to deal with some of those things that cause us to trespass with against our brothers. Is it selfishness? Is it fear? What is it that? places us separate from one another. And what are those things that we take in? I mean, some people literally appreciate the idea that I am supposedly better than someone else. Is it arrogance? Is it pride, as um, uh, Ezra Taft Benson suggests? Uh, do we need to examine our pridefulness? Do we need to examine our fear? Do we need to examine our selfishness? Well, and that, um, you know, that fits with, you know, I'm thinking about there's two different offerings for trespasses and for sins. And that practice um, would be, I think, designed to teach us to take those seriously, yeah. <laughs> right? That that those relationships with other people matter and they require, you know, repentance and they require this offering and they require us to grapple with um with what we're doing in this you know in a in the same way that we're required to make offerings for our sins against god that um that it really puts them in the same category um yeah yeah i love this verse that um this set of scriptures that robert just led us to and I want to um, share with verse 20. I want to share verse 20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he, hath, for he that loveth not his brother, 
whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And again, even in that set of scriptures, it goes back to the two, loving our brothers and sisters and loving God. It goes back to the first and second um, commandment, the two great commandments. So um, we're going to go ahead and, and move on. I don't want to... Um, I don't want to go over the time. Um, Michael, it'll be, I think it's uh, the slide, two slides after this one. We did that one, so one more. Right here. So the next thing is a new thing to me. And I, so I'm calling the second portion, the rock, our sure and safe place. So let's read um, scriptures, Matthew 7, starting with verse 24, and we'll read to verse 27. Therefore, whosoever, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And then let's go on to Luke. Uh, chapter 6. Sorry, give me just a minute to get there. Luke chapter 6, verses 47, 48, and 49. Whosoever cometh to me and, hear, and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. He is like a man which built a house and digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock and when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently upon that house, and could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth, against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. So several years ago, when... Uh, when I was studying these scriptures, um, it it dawned on me. I, I realized that we we've always talked about um, our foundation, and that Jesus is our foundation. And I I don't want to take away from what anybody else has um, has been taught by the Spirit. And as Chris said at the beginning, this is just me sharing my thoughts, and my experiences. But what I learned that time from reading these scriptures is that Jesus is not to be our foundation. Jesus is to be the rock upon which we build our foundation. Um, having a house of my own, um, I've learned a lot about construction, how things go together, um, having to renovate, and one of the things that, that I realized was uh, when 
at this time when I was reading this scripture, studying this part, I was redoing my park strip. And I watched videos on how to do that. And I knew um, from the videos that I, ne I needed to dig deep so that I would have a good several inches, a good three to four inches of the concrete when I poured it. And um, the the one video that I watched, I remember it emphasizing again and again and again, um, not just to make the dirt level, but to put um, put rock, to put um, either a good um, layer or two, a good thick layer of the little, it's called pea, um, pea, pea rock, pea petal, pea pebble. And it's a tiny, tiny rock or to put a good thick layer of the little bit bigger rock um, that's a little bit bigger than the pea pebbles and to do a good level, a good, you know, level layer, good thick layer of that. And as I was pouring those that day, um, I thought, huh, the rock, the put your foundation on the rock. And I realized I was going to be pouring my cement onto rock and then all of this started to just go with me and I thought Jesus is to be the rock that we build our foundation and on that foundation we build our house so that house being our lives being symbolic for our lives the foundation being the truth the truth um, of course, which which comes directly from God and as Jesus teaches it, because as we learn in the temple, um, mankind, he, we people have a way of distorting and messing things up, you know, by the time it, it gets it gets out there. And so that's where I'm coming from with this. That was my starting point. And then. um Michael, will you go to the next slide, B, please? And then one day, while I was on Facebook working, because I, I post for Sema Adithi and UBR, I, I handle the social media, among other things. This woman's post, whom I'm not even friends with, popped up in my feed. And I thought, this is weird. I don't even know her. It wasn't a sponsored post. And then I went in to see who she was, and I noticed, oh, she knows Rebecca, and she knows Paul, and she knows Barbara, and she knows, and she knows. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, that's interesting, but I'm not friends with her. Why would this pop up? And I thought, okay, just read the post, Alice. There must be something in it. And so this was the picture, and this was the post. Medieval devotional writing compare Christ's body with its wounds to a dovecot with its holes. I've never heard of a dovecot before. Him speak of this refuge, rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. I grew up with that song, one of my favorite songs from my childhood. It's still a go-to for me. And I've got a home in that rock, don't you see? Finding refuge in Christ allows us to live and serve in a troubled world. Picture a dovecot. Dovecot defined. A small, compartmented, raised house or box for domestic pigeons. A shelter with nest holes 
for domesticated pigeons. When I read this and I saw this picture, I thought of, indeed, the first lines, rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. And I thought, Jesus as my rock, Jesus as our rock. And I'm, I'm still, my thoughts are still all around this. Jesus as my rock upon which is my foundation. This rock that I can hide within. And this is what it looks like, similar to a dovecot. There is space for all of us to hide here. Space for all of us. Like Jesus said to someone, um, doves have nests and the foxes have holes, but I have nowhere to lay my head. But we are given space to lay our head, to rest. And that rest is within Jesus himself. And I, I look at this and I think about all the wounds in his body from when he, he bled from every pore. What part of our body is there not a pore? And from which pore did Jesus not bleed when he atoned for us in the Garden of Gethsemane? And, and my mind is just, it's still going all about this. I, I want to share a testimony and then allow some time for, for discussion. This testimony is by a man I have just, oh, I, I have just come to, to love. And, oh, all of these people, when I meet him, I will first hug him. Uh, it is from Samuel Davidson Chambers. Excuse me. Um, he was born in 1831, and he died in 1929. He was born enslaved. And his testimony, this part that I'm going to share, he talks a little bit about that. He shared this on May 12, 1874. And many thanks to Dialogue for um, publishing um, all of these testimonies and uh, for also giving me permission to use this one in this particular context. It is a source of satisfaction to me to feel that I have the kingdom of God at heart. I have been a member of this church a many years, yet it seems but a few a few days. I was baptized in the year 1844, and after that, I was 21 years in bondage, during which time I never heard a word of the gospel. The Spirit of God remained within me. In 1865, I was liberated. I then commenced to save means to gather. This took me four years. I have rejoiced in the blessings of God through all my life. Though lacking age and experience, yet God kept the seeds of life alive within me. I feel to be as clay in the hands of the potter. I don't, bo I don't boast in my own strength. I ask an interest in your prayers to help me to be faithful. I have joy in cleaning up and whatever I am called to do. I have my weaknesses in connection with all men, I pray that we may be as one to build up the kingdom of God. I want to go back. He says, 
I was baptized in the year 1844, and after that, I was 21 years in bondage, during which time I never heard a word of the gospel. The Spirit of God remained within me. God kept the seeds of life alive within me. I think, yeah, I think Mr. Samuel found found that rock of ages. And he found a place to rest within that rock. And for 21 years, he stayed there being taught by the Holy Spirit. And then when he finally united with the members of the church here in Utah, because he knew, he knew his rock. He knew him intimately. When there were trespasses against him, when there were hurts, when there were, when there was ostracism, he knew where to go. He knew where he could lay his head. He knew where and how to find rest. That's all I have to share today. Alice, I'm thinking about that story of Samuel in the context of uh, Matthew 6 and the Lord's Prayer and the idea that um, you don't don't pray to be seen, you don't... um, and, and kind of just this deep connection that he retained with the spirit that um, seems a, a beautiful example of what Christ was talking about with like what faith looks like, what serving God looks like, that it didn't require kind of these outward actions, but that, um, yeah, those seeds of life with within him, um, like we keep that alive and that's, that is what really matters. Right. Um, And it's reflected then in our interactions with all of God's children. It's really beautiful. Are there any, um, any comments that anybody in the chat wants to make, wants to share? I think the chat is catching up with us. I am okay. while we're doing that I am I'm sort of having a hard time in that in that uh, testimony that you just read and shared with us Alice which I teared up as I mean it very moving but I'm I'm having a hard time getting over the things that were done to enslaved people in the way the gospel was taught or not taught or distorted or um, abused, and we know some of that history, and it just, I, it's it's hard for me actually to get past that part of the story. I uh, uh, that twenty one years, I um, you know, I appreciate the ending, and it's wonderful, but um, boy, that's a painful part I, of our I, I of our should, history. I should add, Chris, that Mr. Samuel, um, having been enslaved, um, as uh, since since a baby, he was um, 
um, neither able to read nor to write. So he was not able to read. If a Bible had been given him or a Book of Mormon, he would not have been able to read it. And so even 21 years later, I I don't know that he ever did learn to read and write. Um, I've I've not I've not found found that in my readings of him. Um, I I I don't know. I found. Oh. I do love the the porous image. I guess that's what I'm getting out of the rock. Um, for some reason, I could probably take this all the way back to being five years old in primary. That uh, that rock, the image I always had of that part of the scriptures was of a monolith. A, a, a solid block of granite that was the size of a mountain that was yeah. impervious and and indestructible and and it actually didn't resonate to me as a hospitable place but the this uh this more porous image is uh as a place to lay my head as a, I love that I mean you opened up a new um image for me that is uh valuable and I I mean, I'll, I'll hear Catherine Church says, I like the idea that we are in charge of building our foundation on the rock of Christ. That's, yes. Yeah, that's a, I love that example too, um, Alice. You, uh, for me too, you really opened up kind of this new way of thinking. I think about my driveway, which they did not do the right <laughs> layers that they were supposed to do. And so, oh, so what happens thinking. is, is the foundation, you know, it it sinks and it cracks and, um, and like that, that's what happens when the foundation, you know, when the, when it's not built, when the foundation is not built upon the rock and the, and the rock is this, again, like this, I love that image porous and it's like many little rocks, right? Um, That's powerful and I think really helpful in thinking, um, yeah, yeah, thanks, Alice. Linda has a comment, too. I Yes, I, I had the thought as you were talking about um, trespasses and sins and what the difference was, and it reminded me of the Lord's Prayer, which has had several iterations. And for those who trespass against us, those who forgive our debtors as we forgive, well, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And throwing that word debt in there is a, a whole other word to think when you're talking about trespass, sin, and debt. Uh, it, it's, it makes for a rich um, combination of all the nuances of those particular words. And who Whose debt are we in? Well, I think I, I think you've got it. When I first when I first saw that dovecot, and I started thinking of you know the holes that that we lie that we can rest within, and then going back and thinking about the pebbles that I laid on my park strip before the cement was poured, 
I remembered growing up and mama always saying, um, make your bed and lie in it. You know, you make your bed and you lie in it. And so the thought, the word bed rot is what kept coming to my mind. Bed rot, the rock of my bed, the bed that is my rock. You know, I make my bed with Christ and I lie in that bed. And this probably seems like a far reach, but I have a weird mind. (laughs) The best, the way it makes connections is, 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 is very different. Um, Probably due a little bit to, to the fact that that I am OCD. So (laughs) Um, creative mind. It takes us in new places where we need to go. Um, I, I, I think you t- like that Dovecott, um, you know, really fits too with the opening song that you chose um, where, you know, it's, I am weak. Um, you know, you have the powerful hand, Lord. Um, I'm, a, I'm, j- I'm a pilgrim and there are many pilgrims and we're kind of in this together. If we can think about the, the other image that I have, like it, it wasn't just a monolithic rock, right. That you're building your house on, but it's also like this mansion, <laughs> right. But that is not, that's not what we're building. Um, and I love this new image of the Devcott. Um as, well, need, as the aspirational, <laughs> yeah, as the aspirational, and and that um, puts us in this relationship with with God. That's a true relationship, right? That we're not like Robert said. Um, if if we see ourselves like as part of that um, structure, then we're not going to go beyond our right, um, and we're not going to trespass we're gonna keep this right relationship with um with god and with our fellow travelers right well and and, and part of that to me uh rebecca is that we have to come to the understanding that we do things incrementally we sin a little bit and then we do a little bit more and then we do a little bit more (laughs) Then we do a little bit more till it gets to the point that our, our trespasses allows us to begin to think that we can even now claim the life of another person, whether it is through enslavement or it is that we kill them in the street. Because these trespasses, these incrementalisms build up to it, it becomes a form of desensitizing us to even being human so we have to look at those little slights that we give to people so that they don't become big big uh uh sins and because those transgressions those little slights will become huge sins in in the end and and i think that's probably a lot of things that we're suffering from now is for hundreds of years we've been able to build these tiny little things on top of tiny little things until we get something that we now try to figure out how can we pull back from where we've gotten to? Yeah. Yeah, And that fits really well with kind of the way the racial restrictions developed in the history of the church, right? These little trespasses steps, and then it becomes something that is attributed to God. Uh, And it's really, 
<laughs> you know, a sin against God, um, and and has and has built kind of, you know, has has implications for the structure that's built up, right. um, rather than being um, this dove code. It's this. Right. And now, it, now is our foundation on sinking sand, or is it on solid rock? Yeah. I think many of us are beginning to discover that our foundation is set on sinking sand and those things so the, that we thought were right will no longer hold up. The the idea of of there having to be rock underneath the foundation that we create makes so much sense to me because we know that um, when it rains, water can seep in. And even where it, we're, even where it would not fall directly on the cement and then seep through. The water can fall in another area on ground, and then it will seep underground, and it will flow. So it could even come under here. And if the foundation is just directly on top of the earth, that water will cause the earth to shift and to break away and to give way and then our foundation breaks or it itself will sink but with that layer of rock being between the earth itself and our foundation then we are protected it is a protection against whatever um that earth would do um uh water that could come in um it there is a, a layer of protection for our foundation, and it does make for, as the scripture even calls it, a firm foundation upon which then we can build our house, our life, our being, who we are, our character, you know. And, and that just really resonates with me, that firm foundation, bedrock, foundation, house. It's a beautiful metaphor. And I think that also kind of ties in with a couple of comments that just came across. Um, uh, remembering our recent lesson about the Beatitudes, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, more in meek, or who um, are trespassed against. Um, in our kind of those who are trespassed against can then also survive with this foundation, right? By having God as our dovecote, as our below the foundation um, and that we're building on the rock of Christ to survive the trespass being levied against, against them. Uh, and Ignacio saying, being able to withstand what hurts us and forgive those who do so allows us to go beyond the pain to see greater things. It's something that we do individually, even as we fight alongside others against those systems and structures that hurt us and others collectively. So again, like I think that image of that pebbled rock, um, you know, that can absorb what the what's happening um, and allow us to to stand firm and uh, is is really powerful. Yeah, um, Alice, we really appreciate you and your teaching today. The uh, and I'm, t I'm, I'm, I'm biting my tongue because I have a next comment, and then, but it will show how strange my mind is and what directions we go. But what I, I, I'm looking at the clock, and I'd like to invite you to give uh, 
a, a closing comment, uh, a, a wrap up, however you want to go. And maybe it's with that testimony you already read, but I leave it to you. And, and then we'll, uh, we'll have some music and ask Robert Birch to uh, Robert to give a closing prayer. I think that, you know, we often ask, how do people remain in the LDS church with all the things that have happened against them? People always ask me, as, as a black person, how do you stay in that racist church? And my comment has been, it's, it's really not about the church itself. It's about the ordinances that I have a birthright to that are contained within this church. That's why I'm in this church. And what led me here was my faith in Christ. And studying, his, studying history, studying people from the church's history, and more specifically, black Americans in, in the church's history, and knowing um, what they have, ex- what they experienced, um, uh, Jane Elizabeth Manning James not being able to enter the temple. Well, none of them were able to enter the temple. Um, Samuel being left all alone. Um, uh, Marie having this awful thing, Marie Graves having this awful thing that happened to her when she visited another branch. When her own branch in Oakland, California, the people there, they were a family in the true sense of the word. And that's a whole other thing, family, but uh, um, just it just helps me to to remember that it is it is in Christ. You know, my faith is in Christ. Our faith needs to be in Christ. What the church does and what the leaders of the church do that that is for them to take care of. That is for them to be held accountable to God. If God deems that to be so, I will be held accountable to God for what I do, what I do to other people, and what I do before him in breaking the laws that he has specifically given me. I have personal laws that appear in my patriarchal blessing that I'm always striving to keep and and always falling short of of doing that. And I, I guess I just... I'll just end with my testimony that the it is so important that we we keep our faith in Jesus Christ and that we we regulate ourselves and make sure this is where my faith is. I haven't misdirected it. I haven't put it where placed it where it doesn't belong. Faith belongs in Jesus Christ and and always regulating ourselves. I think that's important so that we stay right for the sake of our own selves to keep us healthy spiritually, to keep our faith healthy. Um, I, I testify that as we do that, we will indeed be healthy. I, I know all those other things won't go away or resolve themselves instantly, but I do know that we can be okay. We can be okay. Um, I I testify to that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I, I selected the first song because Marie would often get up in her ward and bear testimony, and some sometimes 
she'd get, get up and she'd say, I, I just don't have the words today. Will you just sing my song with me? And she'd ask everybody to sing, Guide us, O thou great Jehovah, as their testimony that day. I selected the closing song, Rock of Ages, because I grew up with that. And Al Green, because I grew up with Al Green, but uh, singing a totally different type of music. And at one point he left to become a preacher. And But you can still hear that uh, that music <clears throat> that he was famous for in this song, Rock of Ages, and the arrangement of it. I, I love that song and the message in that song. And uh, I am thankful uh, that uh, in the days where African-Americans were not allowed to be taught to read and uh, taught to be to be able to write, they were always had the ability to sing. And, and this is the way that they learned to uh, learn the gospel is uh, being able to have someone teach them the gospel and to make them into simple songs like this, that they can always remember uh, our Lord and our Savior uh, through through simple songs that might sound even childish, but had very strong gospel messages. And I pray here, Heavenly Father, today that you continue to bless us as dialogue continues to move forward, to try to touch the hearts and the mind of all those who want to be more like thee and more like our brother Jesus, that we continue to work uh, diligently to learn of those things that will help us to mature in spirit, that we make mature in spirit, that we may reach thy wisdom, the wisdom of you that has created all and holds all in his hand. And Heavenly Father, we thank thee for this Sabbath day and a blessing to be able to gather here to talk and to learn of thee together. We say these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. You've been listening to the Dialogue Gospel Sunday Study. Find more of our podcasts at dialoguejournal.com slash podcasts. Dialogue Podcast Network.